I was, um, came to the prayer meeting uh, Saturday morning. Mike and Randy, Lily and her, her niece were there, and another gentleman. But I shared uh, with Mike, I think specifically, and even Pastor the other day when me, me and him was talking about uh, something that the Lord had really placed on my mind and on my heart in prayer. And that was that, like when, when uh, the flood came in Noah's day, God began to say, well, just like that natural rain came from heaven and flooded the whole earth, that I'm, I'm getting ready to pour out my spirit in the same way in these latter days. And he began to say that that early rain is just like a spring shower compared to what I'm about to do in the earth. And what he's saying is that he wants us to get ready for an outpouring of his spirit like never before. I know people have been saying that for years. But God is getting ready to do something amazing in the earth. And what he's trying to do, he wants us to be prepared for what he's about to do because it's about to be miraculous. And people are going to come to God in multitudes. They're going to get born again. People that you didn't expect would ever get born again are about to get born again and about to get filled with the Spirit of God. It's about to happen. And... uh the world, like I say, they're not going to understand what's going on. And it's going, to, it's going to be up to us to tell the world what's going on. That our God reigns, amen? amen. And that uh, this is that <laughs> which the prophet Joel spoke of. And, and, and the power of God manifested in the earth. So church, get ready. God's about to do some miraculous things in our eyes and in our generation. So I just want to share that with you uh, tonight before we get into the lesson. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, come to you tonight asking that your Holy Spirit guide and lead us during this Bible study. Holy Spirit, have your way. Open the eyes of our understanding tonight. Cause us to see Jesus Christ like never before. Do something in your people, Lord God, that causes us, O oh God, to go to another level in you. Speak to us, O oh God, and we will give you all the glory and the praise and the honor for it. And we do worship you tonight. We do bless you tonight. We say that you are our portion, our shield, and our strength. And Father, for those tonight who are, who are dealing with certain situations in their life tonight, begin to minister straight to them tonight. Begin to break bondages. Begin to give divine peace, divine joy, like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight's lesson is called Developing Throne Room Faith. Developing 
throne room faith. I want to begin in John chapter 4. I'm going to take my time tonight. John chapter 4, verse 23. This is Jesus talking. And he says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Bible lets us know that God the Father is seeking a certain type of worshiper. Verse 4 says, uh, verse 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, notice how the master puts that, this is the head of the church talk, and he says, must worship him, God, in spirit and in truth. Now it's very important for us to understand a couple of uh, things about those two verses that I uh, just read before we get into the meat of the message. Number one, I must get a revelation in order to worship God the way God wants us to worship him. I must get a revelation of the spirit realm if I am going to worship God properly. I'm going to say that again. I must get a revelation of the spirit realm before I can worship God properly. I must see what God sees when I enter into his throne room or else I worship him in the dark. I must, if I'm going to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped, I must worship him, just like Jesus said, in spirit and in truth, in spirit and reality. And I must see what he sees or I worship God in the dark. That's key number one. Key number two is found in John chapter 3. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's look at verse 5 and 6. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I cannot, and this might seem elementary to you, but like I say, we're going step by step. I cannot enter into God's throne room until my spirit has been made alive by God's spirit. In other words, Jesus said, I got to be born again. I got to have a spiritual connection with God through the new birth. A lot of people in organized religion are trying to lead people to God and haven't even been born again. They don't have the spiritual wherewithal to worship God because they they themselves have not been saved. And what Jesus is saying here 
is that in order for me to worship God in the spirit, the way God wants to be worshipped, I must connect with him through being born again. And after that, developing spiritual eyesight. I must develop spiritual eyes to see God the way God wants me to see him in the throne room. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 4. In him, in Jesus, was life. And the light was the light of men. I'm going to read that again. In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. Once I receive his life by being born again, I now have access to light, to see activity in God's throne room. A lot of times when we enter into prayer, when we enter into fellowship with God, unless we have a revelation of what's going on around us in the throne room, we miss out on the glory of the throne room. It takes a revelation of the spirit realm in order for the child of God to truly worship God in the way that he wants to be worshipped. He wants us to be able to see the activity in the unseen realm by faith. Everything I'm talking about tonight is by faith. We receive everything we receive from God in the spirit by faith. And there are things that God wants us to understand and know about him that we have yet to do because we have not entered in with light. With his light. And God truly wants to do miraculous things in the child of God's life. But the child of God has got to begin to comprehend him as he really is. Isaiah saw him. High and lifted up. His train filled the entire temple, the Bible said. It caused Isaiah to get a revelation that he was a man with unclean lips. It caused him to get a revelation that he dwelt among a people of unclean lips. And it caused him to want to get closer to God, but first by repenting and asking God to do in, in him what he could not do for himself. The light will cause us to see the things that God wants us to change in our lives so that we can go to that next level in Christ. So the throne room... Activity has to be something that we are aware of. The Word of God gives light to the activity in God's throne room. The only thing that's going to give us light in the, in, of the activity and, and show us what's going on in the throne room, in the spirit realm, is the word of God. Let's go to Revelations chapter 4. Let's 
want you to see something. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading. Probably just read through this and I'll stop as the Holy Spirit leads me. And this is John the Revelator. And he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. So God wants to, what, show him some things. God wants him to see some things. Verse 2 says, And immediately I was in the Spirit. John says, Immediately I began to understand I was not in the natural anymore, but I was in the Spirit realm. The child of God needs to get a revelation that once you get born again, you're no longer subject only to the natural, but now you have access to the Spirit realm. As you sit there tonight, you have access to the very throne room of God. God wants you to see that. He wants you to understand that. He wants you to uh, be at home there. But first we must get a revelation of what the throne room looks like. I'm going to read verse 2 again. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Glory to God. Verse 3. And he, that set on, and he that set was to look upon like jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. Can you see it? In sight like an emerald. Glory to God. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Can you see that? Can you see that? I want you to see that in in your sanctified imagination. I want you to see what's going on in that throne. When when you you kneel to prayer, in prayer, when you enter into God's presence, all this is going on around you. You just can't see it in the natural. But it's happening in the spirit realm. Glory to God. Verse 5. And out of the throne proceed lightnings and thunders. And voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. I see it in the name of Jesus. Before which the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there were a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, round about the throne, there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So the Bible said there were four beasts in that throne room. And these beasts had eyes all over their bodies. Can you see that? Can you see that? Verse 7. And the first beast was like a lion. And the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Glory to God. And the fourth beast had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they, and they did, let me read that again. And the four beasts had, each had six wings, and about him they were full of eyes. So even their wings, the Bible says, had, had eyes. 
And the Bible says, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So their voice is going on. People are worshiping God. Angels are worshiping God. The beasts are worshiping God in that throne room. Verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever, as they, as they give thanks and, 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 and they glorify God when they're doing that, the Bible says in verse 10, the four and twenty elders, they fall down before him that sat on the throne and they worship him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their thrones before the crown, their, their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are created. They are and were created. This is part of what's going on in God's throne room on a moment-by-moment basis. They got beasts. Creatures, living creatures who are worshiping God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all throughout eternity. So when you and I, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but so when you, when you and I enter into God's throne room in prayer, all of this is going on around us as you uh, enter into God's throne room. A lot of times we don't realize what the Bible says concerning the new birth. Scripture says we've been raised up together and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. That's where you are as you sit there right now. The Bible says you've been raised up together and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. See, you and I right now have access to that throne room on a moment-by-moment basis. We have the, the blessing and the privilege to enter in the worship and praise with the four and twenty elders and with the living beasts in that throne room. Hallelujah. When Pastor Amy is leading us in the worship, we're actually going into that throne room and we're worshiping alongside them. Hallelujah. They have the grace of God to do it. So do we. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus has allowed us this divine access. Do we deserve it on our own? No, but we get to receive it because of him, hallelujah, who is our great high priest. This is our portion. We need to, open, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us divine insight, divine sight, divine light, so that we can see what he has done for us and the access that we now have in Christ Jesus. I'm not, I'm not bound just to this natural realm. I have access to the very spirit room and the very throne room of God. Hallelujah. If I'll only believe it, all these things are by faith. All of this is by faith. I got to believe what the Bible says. As God gives us light here in the book of Revelation, we got to believe what the light shines and shows us. Amen. Psalm 63, let's go there. Glory to God. Now, David, King David, is an interesting individual. He wrote the Psalms. One of the things about David, he was passionate about God. 
I want to read this. 63 and verse 1 and 2. O God, thou art my God. He claims him. Hallelujah. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David was a man of the old covenant. He was a man who loved God, who had a desire for God, who thirsted. He, he said to himself, I, I thirst after you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Then he goes on to say something very important in verse 2. To see your power and your glory, so has I seen thee in the sanctuary. Let's look at verse, let's go to Psalms 27. He said, I saw God in the sanctuary. Verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that one thing will I seek after. This was his passion. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David voices his passion for God. He said, I'm thirsty for you, God. I want to only dwell in your, in, your, in your temple. I want to seek after only that. That's my whole passion in life. But David was under the old covenant. He had limited access to God. All he had, and it was great, don't get me wrong, was a physical temple that he could go to. And worship God. And he said, I saw you in the sanctuary. I saw you by faith in the sanctuary. He had been given revelation by God's Spirit that God had a heavenly sanctuary as well as an earthly sanctuary. But David, no matter how much passion he had, he did not have access to that, that heavenly sanctuary from a spiritual perspective. He was living under the old covenant. He had the passion, but he did not have the access that we have. Very important. Let's look at the access that the New Testament child of God had as opposed to the access, the limited access that David had. David, David had passion, but he did not have the access to the spirit realm, to the real throne room of God that we do. Ephesians chapter 1. One thing about Paul, Paul spent a lot of time with God. And uh, 
he got a revelation that um, a lot of people didn't get. Even some of the other apostles didn't get the revelation that Paul got. Paul spent a lot of time alone with God. I think in the book of Galatians, he talked about he spent time in Arabia just seeking God, seeking God, connecting the old covenant and the new covenant. And what Paul got a revelation of was that though David had access to God only in the natural temple, God had given to the New Testament believer access to God in the spiritual, in the real sanctuary in heaven. And his his revelation spills over here in verse 3 of chapter 1. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So, so, so Paul says, God has, through the new birth, blessed us with access, not just to a natural sanctuary, where God is there behind the veil, but he's also now given us access to the heavenly sanctuary, to where God dwells in heaven. You and I not, can now experience true worship. The, the worship that Jesus was talking about, tr- the true worship, we can experience that true worship through the new birth. Let's look at verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, The reason a lot of times why we don't really enter in the way God wants us to enter in is because condemnation, an unrenewed mind, our our stinking thinking causes us not to enter into all that God has given us through Christ. But if we believe what the Word of God says, it says, wherein he has made us accepted... In the beloved. In other words, I'm accepted in the throne room of God because of the blood of Jesus. And I have just as much right there as those uh, living creatures have there. Those beasts that we read in Revelation, I have and you have just as much right there in the spirit as they have. We have that type, the, the type of grace that the cross gives us is holy access in the beloved, and we can experience God in ways that King David could not. David had the passion, but didn't have to have the access. We have the access, but a lot of times we don't have the passion. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) David had the passion, but not the access. The child of God, a lot of Christians have the access, but don't have the passion to seek him. The way God wants him to see, them to seek him. This church is an amazing church. The doors are open all the time. People can come in here and pray anytime they want. Early in the morning, David said, Lord, I seek you early. People be here at 6 o'clock in the morning. I see them. I'm, I'm not able to come like I used to. But uh, I see them here at 6 o'clock. What time do you get here, brother? He's, Pastor is here at 9 o'clock. So 
the church is open for prayer. Those people have passion. They have a desire. Not, say, not saying the people who don't come don't have passion, but I'm just saying this church, this ministry, has that type of heart. Gives people an opportunity to know God the way God wants them to know them. Let's look at chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians. Again, we're talking about access. The access that we have to the throne room of God. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he had loved us, even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together, made us alive together, with Christ, And again, the Bible says, by grace are you saved. So all of these things that I'm talking about tonight, we receive by grace, by God's unmerited favor. We don't deserve this access. Jesus does. And because of him, we get access to all of this. So I want you to see that because a lot of times condemnation keeps us from entering in. But when we understand who we are in Christ... We will readily enter into this and believe that we can do this in Christ. Read verse 6 again. I mean verse 5 again. Even when we were dead in sin, had quickened or made us alive together with Christ, by grace are you saved, verse 6, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's talking about that access into the throne room. That's talking about you and I being able to, in prayer, in fellowship with God, to enter into his throne room and join in to all that heavenly activity that's going on in the throne room. Where the beasts, where the elders are, where the thunder and the lightning is going on, where all that's going on, you and I can go in there anytime we choose. Hallelujah. That's our portion. If we can believe it. See, if I, if I really believe that, though, I'd never be depressed. <laughs> I wouldn't. Because I know at, on a moment-by-moment basis, I have access to the throne of God. I can go there and worship Him anytime I want. And when I worship Him, it takes my eyes off of all the problems in my life. That's what worship does. That's what having spiritual insight and spiritual eyes does. When you get light, you begin to understand that no bondage can hold you. You begin to understand that no weapon formed against you could ever prosper because in that throne room is no bondage. Nobody is in bondage in that throne room. Everybody is free to worship him. Amen. The rest of our time left, I'm going to go over over some scriptures that's going to talk about this type of access. First of all, do, do you believe tonight that you have this type of access? I mean, I can teach on this all night. But if you don't really believe that God has given you through the blood of Christ this type of Holy Ghost access to him, the Almighty, your life will stay the same. But if you can believe that the blood of Jesus 
has truly set you free to such a degree that you're accepted in the beloved, that God's throne room is your portion, you can then experience more and more and more of the heavenly realm in your life. Has you said that or not? As you deal with the natural circumstances in your life, you begin to understand that in, in the throne room of God, the spiritual blessings in that throne room are yours through Jesus Christ. The powers of the worlds to come have been given to us through Jesus Christ. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have access to all that God has. But we got to believe it. We got to trust what the word says. We got to trust what the light shows us. We got to trust what the word of God says concerning our victory here on earth. Through Christ. We can experience, because the Bible talks about uh, experiencing heaven on earth. <laughs> it's true. People, you know, they'll read something like that. They say, well, that's for the sweet by and by. Now, that's for the Sweet now and now, if we can believe it. If we can believe it. See, it's all about faith. Colossians chapter 3. I'm trying to give, give y'all a six-week teaching in one night. If you be risen with Christ... How many of y'all believe you've been risen with Christ? You've got to believe that. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above in that throne room. That's what he's talking about. Seek those things which are above. Understand that the throne room is there. It's a real place. You have access to it on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And God says, seek it. Seek everything there. Seek my face there. Worship me there. Begin to adore me there. Begin to bless my name there. That's what he says. Worship me and all of mine will be yours. I'm not holding anything back. And he does it. He who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all? Everything is in the throne room. Everything is at the right hand of God. Who Jesus is at the right hand of God. The Lamb of God is at the right hand of God. Everything that he has is ours. We're joint heirs with him there. But we got to believe it. So that's why, that's why Paul in, in tells us to seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Then he says, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. So he's telling us the heavenly realm, the unseen realm, is the realm that we need to focus on. Not that we, we deny the natural realm, but we need to focus on our inheritance in Christ in that throne room. All the blessings. See, that's where your healing is. That's where your deliverance is. That's where your blessings are. All, the Bible says all spiritual blessings are there. That's where your prosperity is. You know, we talk about... When we give, when we give the offering, we're worshiping God with our tithing offering. That's where you place that offering into the hand of Jesus, our great high priest. 
That's what's going on there. He's taking that offering and he's worshiping the Father with that offering on our behalf. That's what's going on in the throne. You've got to see it by faith to benefit from it, though. You've got to understand that these are the things that's actually happening in that unseen realm. Has you said that? Jesus is interceding for you. Did you know that? I might forget to pray for you. Pastor West might forget to pray for you. But Jesus will never forget to pray for you. Understand that there's always prayer going on in the throne room. He's our great intercessor, glory to God. These are the things that we need to get a revelation on. These are the things that we need to get light, allow the light of the gospel to shine in our, in our minds. Because that's where all of the power and the glory is. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14. Seeing then, again, the writer points us to our ability to see. We have to see this. By faith. Seeing then, we have, then that we have a great high priest who has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we, verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So we have a sinless, holy high priest seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us on a moment-by-moment basis. Then it goes on in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So in my prayer time, when I go to God with my needs, I see myself at that throne. And I'm not ever condemned because it's a throne of grace. It's a throne of mercy. I'll never be rejected there. Down here in this natural realm, people will reject me. But in in God's throne room, where the blood of Jesus is, where the mercy seat is, I'll never be rejected. I'm always accepted in the beloved in that throne room. And the Bible says, I have access to God's throne of grace. Now, think about who I'm talking about now. I'm talking about the everlasting God, the almighty God. I'm talking about the God who created the universe. I'm talking about the God who who created everything, seen and unseen. I'm talking about almighty God. You and I have access to that throne. You and I can come to him as children anytime we want. And receive, the Bible says, grace and mercy in, in a time of need. But we have to take advantage of that. We have to know that this is our portion. So my, my, when I understand, when I see these things by faith, when I, when I see these things that are available and that, that's actually going on in the spirit realm. It's not some spooky thing, but it's real. I then begin to understand the great power that's available. 
and, 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 and I'm not intimidated by it. I understand that God, I'm, I'm welcome there and that God wants me there. Let's look at chapter 6, verse 19. Which hope we have has an anchor of the soul. Hope is Bible expectation. That's what hope is. You're expecting something. Which hope we have, I'm expecting something in that throne room. Which we have has an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that which entereth into that within the veil. So we know that the veil in the Old Testament temple was destroyed, it was torn in half, and now man had access to God. And that's what that's talking about. We have an expectation of all the covenant blessings that God has for us as we enter into that throne of grace. Let's look at verse 20. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the Bible says the reason I can have that boldness to enter into that throne room is because Jesus first went into that throne room. He, made, he paved the way. And because he's paved the way, I get to enter into all of his covenant blessings as a joint heir of his. So when I pray, when I ask God for a strength, I know I'm going to get it. When I ask God for prosperity, I know I'm going to get it. When I ask God for anything that's in the covenant, I can be assured because of this holy access that I'm going to get what I ask for when I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 8. The writer is, is about to sum some things up. He says, now the things which we have spoken, this is the summation or this is the sum. He wants us to see this. We have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. So in my prayer time, I see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. I, I see that by faith. I, I know that the, the Son of God is seated at the right hand of God. Light has shown me that. The Word has shown me that a minister of the sanctuary, of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. So this is the heavenly tabernacle. This is the throne, the, very, the real throne room of God. I'm there spiritually. Jesus is there at the right hand of God, representing me there. Let's look at chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, that's talking about, the, again, the supernatural tabernacle in heaven, which I do have access to, not made with hands, that is to say, not this building. I've been translated out of the natural into the supernatural. Verse 12 says, this is why, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, in that holy place, I, I mentioned it a minute ago, there is this, 
this thing called the mercy seat. And that mercy, at that mercy seat are angels, cherub angels. And they cover that mercy seat. And in the old covenant, when God told Moses how to, uh, how to make uh, the Old Testament uh, tabernacle, he said, at that mercy seat, I will be there. I will meet my people there. So the mercy seat guarantees us, the blood on the mercy seat guarantees us all the access that I'm talking about. So here's the thing you have to do. You have to divorce your mind of all thoughts of condemnation or you're not going to get anything. Condemnation will hinder you from experiencing what has been blood bought for you. But when you begin to understand that the blood of Christ has given us an eternal redemption and in that throne room all the redemptive blessings are mine through him, I begin to uh, have boldness to, when, I, when I approach God. I begin to ask for supernatural things in that throne room. That's why it's good to pray in tongues. Because when you pray in tongues, you don't, your natural mind don't know what you're praying anyway, right? You're going into the supernatural but God hears what you're saying. And uh, in that throne room, God begins to dispense all the supernatural blessings. He begins to dispense all the prosperity. He begins to dispense the anointing that I'm even operating under tonight. It's because of what's going on in that throne room. We have to allow God to give us light to these things. Some of the things I'm talking about tonight, you'll probably get it maybe next week or the week after. What, what we're trying to do tonight, what God's trying to do tonight, is to give you a hunger for this. A lot of times when we start praying, we feel cold and we don't feel God. We feel it, we're, we're still in the flesh. But if you give the Holy Spirit half a chance, and stay there. Just stay there until you begin to see what he wants to show you. He'll start revealing to you, but it'll be done through the word. He'll start revealing to you everything that's going on in the spirit realm as you pray. He'll start to begin to reveal to you, you got an angel on this side and an angel on that side. He'll start to reveal to you that, 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 that rainbow over the throne of God. He'll start to reveal to you just like he revealed to Isaiah, and again, Isaiah was an Old Testament uh, disciple who did not have the access that we have, but yet he, uh, he saw some things. God gave him grace to see some things. He'll, he'll cause us to see all that activity. And when you begin to see that activity, when you begin to see God as he really is, you would then begin to worship him the way he wants you to worship him, in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, if you're going to worship God, you must worship him this way, with, re with the reality of the throne room, with an understanding of what's going on around you. Because God wants you to have that. He wants you to see him as he really is. It will eliminate all your fears. It will eliminate all your doubts. All the bondage, everything that's holding you back from your breakthrough, you'll begin to experience it because you'll know that in that throne room is truth. 
And the truth says you've been made free in Christ. My God, I pray y'all get this. <laughs> I, I'm telling you because this, what I'm talking about tonight, is it, it can transform your life. Those of you who are watching on TV, it, it can transform your life. If you can allow the Spirit of God to begin to open your eyes to what's going on around you in the Spirit. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight for the divine mercy and grace. My prayer, Lord, is that everyone who has heard your word tonight, both in this sanctuary and online, is that you will give us grace to see things the way you see them to see things as they really are. That you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding to what's going on in, your, in, the, in the spirit realm where you are. And that God, because we get a revelation of what's going on in that unseen realm, it will begin to change things in this natural realm that you want to change. Now, Father, I pray that the fruit of this, the fruit of this divine revelation, will send us to a new level of worship to you. We will begin to worship you, God, with a divine intensity, God, that David had. But our worship will be even greater because we're born again. And the reality that we have in Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost that we have within glorifies you. So my prayer tonight, God, is that you open our eyes, help us to comprehend what we've heard tonight. Help us, Lord God, to begin to seek you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you.